The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus walking toward him, and he declared, here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he about whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water sent me for this reason so that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and remaining on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And I've seen and I've testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, look, here's the Lamb of God. Two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. And when Jesus turned and saw them following him, he said, what are you looking for? And they said, Rabbi, which is translated teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and see. So they came and they saw where Jesus was staying, and they remained there with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother, Simon, and said to him, we've found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. And then Andrew brought Simon to Jesus who looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You're to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Thursday evening was midterm exam night for our Bethel Bible study class. You may have heard some weeping and gnashing of teeth from our students in the weeks ahead of that. I haven't graded the exams yet, but they're always more worried about it than they need to be. So in an attempt to remind a very anxious class about what we're really doing around here and about what really matters in this place, I asked them a question for extra, extra credit on their midterm exam. And their answers ended up being excellent sermon fodder for today. The question was simple. Unrelated to the Bethel Bible study, share something meaningful that you've experienced or enjoyed or been inspired by as part of our life together at Cross of Grace. As I'd hoped, the answers moved me and they inspired me and, as I said, turned out to be a really great connection to what we heard in this morning's gospel. Someone said, it feels like home here, where kids are loved, family is supported, God's grace and mercy are witnessed, and love is felt. And they said how moving and how meaningful it has been for their kids to watch their dad serve here. Someone said that because of what we do here, they've grown to be more open and accepting and more comfortable having hard conversations with people, and that they can show love and compassion to people who struggle in ways that they haven't always been able to do. 
A couple people said something about the overall feeling of warmth and welcome of all people at Cross of Grace that matters to them. Another person explained how they hadn't ever been particularly involved at Cross of Grace until one Sunday morning someone asked them to fill in for someone who didn't show up to serve as a communion assistant. All it took, they explained, was for someone to ask. And ever since, this particular person has been as involved as anyone in what we're up to around here. Someone else remembered how deliberately and kindly they were welcomed the very first time they showed up here and how they continually feel welcomed and acknowledged and seen. Lots of people like how involved and connected kids are allowed to be. Some mentioned the handbells, the band, the friendships. Others mentioned our outward focus on mission and ministry. Some talked about relevant teaching and preaching. One person mentioned a card that they got in the mail inviting them back to worship after they hadn't been for a while and a very specific invitation to serve as a Stephen minister. Someone else said that we choose life around here in all the ways. Spiritually, mentally, mindfully, worshiping, serving, giving, encouraging. That is all great, holy stuff. Moving things that remind me of how and why it is good to be the church in this place. But for me, what was mentioned in those answers to my extra, extra credit question was just as telling and just as meaningful as what was not mentioned. No one said anything about doctrine or dogma or denominations. No one said a word about the abstract rules and self-righteousness that so many Christians fight about out there in the world. No one said a thing that had to be thought about or reasoned or rationalized in too many ways. It was all stuff that had to be experienced, witnessed, seen, felt in some way. It's why it all connected so mightily with the disciples of John the Baptist who were hungry for something when they first saw Jesus and started to follow him for a change. John points them in the right direction. He says, look, here's the Lamb of God. And they just follow him. They meet up with Jesus. They call him rabbi, which means teacher, we're told. As though maybe they were expecting a lecture or a reading or a sermon or a midterm exam, perhaps. But Jesus doesn't do any of those things. He says, what are you looking for? Come and see. Come and see. And that is what they do. And who knows what happened that afternoon at 4 o'clock when they went to stay with Jesus. But ultimately, as they followed Jesus around Galilee, they saw him heal and forgive and tell some really great stories. They watched him live and they watched him move and they saw him breathe among the people. They witnessed him touch lepers and they saw him be touched too with the oil and tears and hair of a sinful woman in one instance. They saw him love others purely and plainly. They watched him suffer and struggle and sacrifice and die and they themselves suffered the sting of that loss too. Too. 
and ultimately they felt the joy of his redemption on the other side of Easter's empty tomb. And all of this moved them. It transformed them. All of it changed the world around them too by the grace that they learned to receive and to share because of everything they'd experienced. And that's still God's hope for us as followers of Jesus on the other side of Christmas, that we would come and see, which so many of us have based on the simple, holy, profound experiences we can share about our time in this place. And God's hope is that once we've come and seen that we will go and show too so that others might be changed by the same grace we know. Rob Bell has a great way of explaining this for my money. He says, Jesus shows us that ultimate truth and mystery are located in bodies and matter and lips and arms and music and grass and water and eyes and relationships. In other words, God is in what can be tasted, touched, heard, seen, felt, and shared with someone. Not so much in what can be read about or described with all the right words or passed on by way of a midterm exam either. And one of my favorite things, Rob Bell says, is this. It is one thing to stand there in a lab coat with a clipboard recording data about lips it is another thing to be kissed. It is one thing to stand there in a lab coat with a clipboard recording data about lips. It is another thing altogether to be kissed. It's one thing to stand here in our funny shirts and our fancy clothes with our hymnals and our bulletins in one hand and our really good intentions in the other. It's another thing altogether to be loving and forgiving, to be sacrificing and sharing, to be tasting and offering up the fullness of God's kind of grace and mercy with the world where we live. Whether it's the bread and wine of communion or the excitement of an overjoyed kid who gets the box, or whether it's the water that runs down the cheek of a baptized child or the tears that fall from the eyes of a proud parent or the sound of a song that hits just right or the fullness of grace that just is or that just should be in a place like this. The stuff of our life and our faith that matters most just has to be experienced and shared to make a difference. You just have to come and see it as much as anything, in order to believe it or to buy it or to be changed by it in some way. This life of faith is meant to be felt, which God proved by showing up in the skin and bones of Jesus. This life of faith is meant to be practiced, not just preached about. This life of faith is meant to be shared through worship and learning and service. This faith matters most for us and for other people when we come and see it in flesh and blood, through sweat and tears, in laughter and love, 
and when we go out and show and become it too, in all of those ways, to a world that is hungry and looking for more of it. Amen.